This is the John Favreau is My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Oh, greetings, Monica. The podcast is over. Why? Is it because I don't know the metric system? It's because, I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I was raised in America. But... Like half of it's the metric system and half of it's not. I'm so confused. I don't know. On the ruler, there's both uh, inches and also c- sim centimeters. Sim. And also cm. <laughs> you know, cm. Uh, uh-huh. No, it's because we've been. We already talked for an hour. It's over. Oh, okay. We uh, we spent an well, hour that talking. That was the episode. You know. So tune in next. <laughs> tune in next week we just didn't record any of it no so it seemed like a lot like sometimes it feels like a lot for aaron to go get the equipment from upstairs and, yeah so you know. maybe maybe we just start recording things on our phones yeah <laughs> we just record our con- every conversation would that be better if we maybe. just to record- report back guys <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe i can reconfigure my simply safe to just be recording us all the time <laughs> That sounds so awful. It sounds horrible. What if I say something like bad, like like you know, I'm gonna throw away this che- this perfectly good cheesecake. People I mean, we're gonna be so mad. That's about That's something that. that would happen because Aaron is your husband. It's true. You know, <laughs> I wonder if anyone else out there, if you if you know, if you know of someone slash have someone in your in your life that like uh. is super freaked out by like expiration dates, yeah, and like thinks that sell by and expired by are like the same thing. I feel for you. We should start Listen, a group. Food waste is a global problem. Exactly. And 70% of it is from Aaron Jacob. Yeah. Aaron causes, Aaron is the number one leading cause of food waste in America. You, we keep thinking that it's like, you know, over, over consumption, over production. No, it's Aaron. It's Aaron. thousand percent. You're welcome. Jesus Christ. He has been dragged. And if I'll like make leftovers <laughs> and I put the leftovers in the fridge, the uh-huh. next day he'll be like, is this still good? I'm like, I literally made it yesterday. My favorite thing is when he asks about garlic, which is literally like it's, has a preservative shell. Yeah. it It's just chilling inside of its like thing. You could have garlic for a fucking month. You could. You could have dried garlic. Do you believe me? He doesn't believe He's me. shaking his head no. Well, That's who has shame. more food allergies? You. <laughs> What? <laughs> Too careful. That's what I'm saying. If you had eaten more expired chicken in your life, Aaron, maybe you could tolerate nuts. That's true. <laughs> what I will... <laughs> if you had eaten more expired chicken, then you'd be the president of Netflix and everything would be fine. <laughs> Netflix and chill for Aaron can only be almond and chill because yes. that's the only nut. That oh, and uh, we found out macadamia nuts he's fine oh, with too. Oh, macadamia and chill. That's fun. Mac nut. <laughs> Netflix and chill. Macflix and chill. This has gotten out of hand. HBO Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix, HBO Mac. You can't do, you can't do anything with Hulu. <laughs> There's nothing. You can do nothing. Hulu's such an odd name. Hulu. Hulu? Cashew. Ca- <gasps> Cashew. It's just... <laughs> This is too much. It reminds me of that scene in Best in Show where he's just naming all the nuts. <laughs> Cashew nut. Pine nut. <laughs> Pistachio nut. Pistachio. 
<laughs> oh no. Oh no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I oh. hit the microphone. Oh, all no. right. Let me wipe the tears out of my eyes, all right? All right. I'm so sorry. My eyes are very watery. Well, yeah. Have you been you been, you told me you've been rubbing them with the stuff on on your eyelid? Yeah, since last night. And very it good. has helped started helping, but I have never had eyelid problems prior to this. I, I mean, I don't know, because I have gifted skin. You do have gifted skin. Thank you. It's all the expired chicken. <laughs> um, I feel like anyone who's ever eaten at Chipotle understands this, but like three, <laughs> like three out of every 10 times you get Chipotle, you will get sick from it. Yeah, like 30% of the time. Literally 30%. You'll get diarrhea. 100%. 30% of the time. <laughs> Uh, okay monica yes who are we talking about today we're talking about someone very very special very special very beautiful to look at very beautiful especially in 2011 exactly we're talking about (laughs) the one and the only bradley coops bradley cooper okay monica i'm gonna tell you about brad Tell us, tell us what's bad with Brad. What's bad with Brad? Okay, Bradley Charles Cooper is an American actor, filmmaker, and some may say songbird. Maybe it's time to do always Guys, name that movie. Come on, come on. And you run my drinking, my lady. The end. <laughs> and then he dies. Sorry to spoil it for you. Sorry. There's already Except like seven the other three movies. Three others before it also say that he kills himself. So. Yeah. He either throws yeah. himself into the ocean or in, in this case, he, he hangs himself, yeah. unfortunately. But he fed his dog first, which was nice of him. That was very sweet. <laughs> okay. His oh, father God. started introducing him to films at a young age, which inspired him to be an actor, which his parents were against until they saw him perform an excerpt from the play The Elephant Man. Cooper graduated with honors from Georgetown University in 1997 with a BA in English. You go, girl. What can you do with a BA in English? <laughs> Become Bradley Cooper. I think in 1999, he made his television debut in wait for it. Sex in the city. I love that. episode. You remember that episode? Of course I do. Are you kidding me? In case you need, we need to jog the listeners memories is the episode where Carrie wakes up late after a night of partying. Yes. For a photo shoot where she's supposed to be like, like single single and 30. Yeah. And exclamation point. But then they did like, (laughs) Sing 30 and single question, question mark? mark. And she looks like shit on the cover. And she's like smoking a cigarette. It's yeah. horrible. And then Bradley Cooper sees it at a newsstand and they're on a date and he like comes up and puts it against someone. And he's like, is this you? And she's like. <laughs> and then she yeah. iconically stands up in a convertible and yes, walks out. It's true. <laughs> okay. God, I love that show. He went on to audition for the master class graduate degree at the actor studio and was selected by James Lipton and received an MFA in acting from the actor studio drama school at the new school in New York. Lipton as in Lipton tease. Yep. That's him. His cinematic debut came in the ensemble comedy wet hot American summer in 2001, but it wasn't until his breakthrough role in 2009's the hangover that he reached both critical and commercial success. He has been nominated for many, many awards and sadly won very few 
of them. But most importantly, he was named People's People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive in 2011. What an honor. And he's also the literal daddy to one daughter with a model because, of course, he is. Dude, he has a he has an apartment in Paris. He has an apartment in New York. Yeah, and he, has he a house speaks here. French fluently. He's like, je m'appelle Bradley, Bradley. Cooper. <laughs> je m'appelle Bradley. Oui, oui, ça va? Je suis acteur. Je suis acteur. Je m'appelle Bradley. <laughs> J'aime les films. J'aime <laughs> les films. Je, je teste <laughs> les télévisions. <laughs> J'aime les films. J'aime les films. J'aime Guillermo. <laughs> That's Bradley. Uh, that is Bradley. And we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now back to the show. Monica, tell us about the first movie. Gladly. I will tell you guys about the hit classic comedy film, The Hangover. The Hangover. It came out in 2009, obviously written by John Lucas and Scott Moore, directed by Todd Phillips, director of Joker, but we forgive him. Do we? We do. Okay. We do. I think, I think we forgive him. Okay. Two days before his wedding, Doug Billings, played by Justin Bartha, travels to his bachelor party in Las Vegas with his best friends, Phil Wenick, played by Bradley Cooper, Stu Price, played by Ed Helms, and his bride's unconventional brother. <laughs> what a word. <laughs> Alan Garner, played by Zach Galifianakis of uh, what's Between Two Between Ferns. Between Two Ferns. Oh, so good. <laughs> the quartet rents the best suite in Caesar's Palace, not the real Caesar, just the one in Las Vegas. <laughs> And they go to the roof to celebrate. But the next morning, Phil, Stu, and Alan have a hangover, and they don't recall anything they did last night. Even worse, the groom, Doug, is missing. Chaos ensues. If you are a man and this isn't your favorite movie, congratulations. You are, you not, a red, you, you have, you are not a red flag. <laughs> We can add The Hangover to the list that also includes Pulp Fiction and Fight Club. Yeah. If your favorite movie is Pulp Fiction, Fight Club, and The Hangover, hangover. or Super Bad, honestly. If you're a, okay, here, this is my argument uh-huh, for this. Uh-huh. If you're a woman who loves Super Bad, yeah. mad respect. You're fucking cool. You're so fucking cool. Yeah. If you're a guy who's like, my favorite movie is Super Bad. Of all time. Red flag. <laughs> Agree. If you, if you're a man who's like, my favorite movie is The Hangover, red flag. If you're a man who's like, my favorite movie is. But I think if you're a woman and you say your favorite movie is The Hangover, I think you're just trying to get men to sleep with you. Sometimes I feel yeah, that way. I but feel like if you genuinely, because I genuinely love I mean, I think it's the hilarious, hangover, but yeah. But you know, yeah. what are you going to do Weigh about in, it? gentlemen. Weigh in. We have, two, we have two men sitting at our table today. It doesn't usually happen, but here we are. <laughs> give us, give us your, your thoughts on what we just said. Only people in- I like it. Yeah, it's a good movie. Listen, if, if you're a dude that was in high school when uh-huh. The Hangover came out. But it's your favorite movie of all time? No, but it was your favorite movie that year. Sure, but if you're a man and you say your favorite movie of all time is The Hangover, red flag. Red flag. I, I had an old roommate who <laughs> Aaron's like, shut up. That's also a red flag. Goodwill so, Hunting's a red flag. That's someone who wants to like, like be a film person and- And no. 
Okay. okay, you know what? Let's ask. Let's ask. I already know the answer to Aaron's because we both already know the answer. But what is everyone's favorite movie? Of all time. Not you no, and not me. Know. We've said it too many times. We've said it. But Aaron, Sebastian, what are your favorite movies as men? You've been put on the spot. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 well, I've never heard my voice on this mic before. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I mean, probably Star Wars 5. Ever? Probably, yeah. Ever? That's the one that I return to most often. It's like a comfort for That's me. Sebastian, go ahead. Listen, I will pull out something sharp and defend myself for this. Oh, no. Is it going to be Red Flag? Gangs of New York. Whoa, Red Flag. Red Flag. Okay. I would have, I would prefer if you had said The Mask. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, okay. Back to The Hangover. I genuinely sometimes believe, like, okay. Yeah. I understand the argument that, like, if you, because this movie came out and, like, you know, in the middle of like people's high school experience essentially right. a lot of guys like will really you know it becomes like one of those aspirational films where, sure. where you're like as man you're like man like it would be amazing to have this like bachelor party in las vegas it's when like I reservoir get, dogs yes yes <laughs> when i get older yeah i'm going to be this movie i'm gonna do the hangover i'm gonna do the hangover yeah essentially i'm gonna find heather graham yes <laughs> and i'm gonna marry her in a chapel and then I'm gonna have gonna a baby. Rip out my own tooth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I think just like face value, this movie is stunning. Wait, it's shot very well, Monica. I have I I have a really quick just oh a detour detour give it to kind us. of what do you, okay 2022 oh god group costume the four people from The Hangover. I feel like I would be Phil. <laughs> I would be. I would one hundred percent only want to be Bradley Cooper. Okay, who would Aaron be? Who would you be, Aaron? Probably Ed. Ed Helms's character, or the groom that gets left on the roof and has a sunburn. <gasps> probably the. Probably Doug. I feel like he's Doug. Who would you? Be? I think I'd be the dentist. I feel like you would, and you would be. You'd be, but you'd be like sexy Ed Helms <laughs> with one tooth blacked out. One tooth blacked out, but like it's a mini. And I carry around a blow up doll that's supposed yeah. to be Heather Graham. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or Sebastian can just be Heather Graham. Or Sebastian is Zach Galifianakis's role, but instead he's actually no, he's the tiger. He's the tiger. You're the tiger. No, you could be Zach Galifianakis, and you can carry Carrie in a baby carrier like Carlos. I, I would say I'm Doctor Ken, but okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll be Zach Galifianakis. You be, yeah, you can be. Then can I carry Carrie? You can carry <laughs> Carrie. Carrie. And he then they all got carried away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I like that that was good detour. Thank you. I just I had to voice that that um, thought that I was having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, here in this safe space. We I hope created. everyone knows. We say this out of love. Yeah. Uh it we're not trying to judge anyone, but we're also really heavily judging people based I mean, on how you know they that, like the hangover. Yeah, we judge a lot of things, but you know, like at the end of the day, I don't actually care. No, you do you, girl. You do you. Man. Anyway, yes, your point. The beautifully shot movie. It's so gorgeous. Todd Phillips knows how to make a movie. Okay. God in, bless. Kind of. This is very early on in the film. <laughs> well, nah, well, maybe we can well, touch on- Well, he made the- that movie. He did make it, which is a feat. It's true. It's true. You know what? <laughs> Let's just get this out of the way. If you haven't already heard like our, uh, what, what, 
I think it was the Joaquin Phoenix episode. Where Joaquin, we, yeah, we, we were, were like, like we're not doing Joker. We're not doing Joker. Uh, reason being is we both fundamentally hate everything about that movie, yeah, and we correct. have our reasons. I can't remember which episode we've expressed them on. I think I think multiple. <laughs> I think a lot. We have a lot of like really sincere opinions about yeah, the Joker, yeah, yeah. and we think it's genuinely very problematic in a lot of different ways. I agree. And so Todd Phillips, you get like a point off for that. But The Hangover is a gorgeous film. There's a scene very early on in the film when they're all like driving to Las Vegas Mm -hmm. and there's like that classic scene of them like going down the freeway and it's like Mm -hmm. deserty and the sky is like lit just so perfect. Like everything is so perfect. It's it. I was literally about to say it's exactly like Swingers. Does Todd like Swingers? Yes. Who doesn't? Who, uh, swingers All has influenced- roads lead back to John Favreau. Swingers That's why we're on this podcast. Influence so much. <laughs> I just like it's gorgeous. Uh-huh. And you stop and you pause the movie and you're like, what? Like, am I am I watching like a raunchy sex comedy or am I watching like a gorgeous film? I'm so confused. Because yeah. up until then, we really had only ever seen like these raunchy sex comedies. Correct. When did like American Pie come out? That's what Before. I want to know. Before. 2000? Early 2000. 99? That's what I feel like. Aaron? That's really what we knew to be like a rated R sex comedy. 99? Ooh, she got it. Yeah. And then like <laughs> The Hangover came out and people mm-hmm. were like, what? You can you you can make rated R films yeah. that are comedies? that are like good buddy comedies like this. Yeah. What? Cause I see thing I see the milestones as like super bad and hangover. Mm-hmm. We're like really pushing that yeah. and trying to like make like movies. Yeah. Like, Hey guys, let's, let's yeah. <laughs> let us bring this forward. Let us not do direct to TV slash American. I think pie. you could also argue though, that wet hot was oh, also hot. trying to do the same thing. Cause it was like really self-aware comedy, yes, which Bradley was also, which in. was also it. We contemplated doing it, but it's just such an it's, ensemble piece. It's such an ensemble piece. And like his comedic chops really shine through in the hangover. <sighs> they do. And he does, but in a different way, he does the like hot, I don't care. Uh-huh. I'm here to party in such a funny and authentic way. Yeah. And I think like him not give, like his character not giving a fuck. Yes, he's like, he's the guy that you always hate because he's beautiful and takes nothing seriously. And takes nothing, and, but but he also fucking hates his life. Like, <laughs> he's, yes, he's hot and you think that he's like a high powered executive. He's fucking not. He's he, a teacher. He's a high school teacher. I think he's a high school teacher. Yeah. He's a high school teacher. Or a principal, one and of the two. He's no, he's definitely not a principal. He's got the principal. This bitch is asking for like money. From, Principale. From his like, from his like students. And it's really funny because he fucking hates his life and he mm-hmm. hates the fact that he's married. He hates that he has kids, which we don't hear about for the entirety of the movie. It's literally just in the beginning where he's like, I fucking hate my life. But then at the very end, he realizes that he is grateful for them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's 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 like Bradley's central role in the film is like he just yeah. plays, he plays the handsome douchebag. I would argue it's like the leveled up version of his character in Wedding Crashers. Yes. You know? No, Because that, that role was much more like blatantly like asshole just for the sake of being an asshole. Ugh. But Stu in this movie, it, that's his character's name. No, right, Stu, no, no, no Phil, he, Phil. He's Phil, yeah. Phil, right. Um, Phil's character in this movie is just like the hot dick, but like you need him to have a good time. 
Yeah, and he's also like honestly the most competent of all of them. Yeah. Which is really surprising because there's a fucking dentist in the mix. <laughs> and you'd think that that motherfucker has like drills on him all the time. No, he don't. He do not. He do not. He has he like do not. a polo shirt and a pager. How does that help you at all? I The thing that I think I'm most amazed um, by Bradley Cooper in this is like the level of chill he's able to maintain for yes. like 90% of the movie. Because it, like everything... If you haven't seen The Hangover, you have to see it. But like everything in this movie that could go wrong goes, goes wrong, wrong or like gets crazier. Like the the dial on crazy just gets turned up like to yeah. the max every five minutes. And he's just chill the whole fucking time until like close to the end when he breaks and thinks like thinks they're fucked. And that's a really rewarding moment. It's very rewarding. <laughs> it's it's this movie is Murphy's Law. <laughs> this movie really was like, you know what? Everything that can go wrong will go wrong to Mm -hmm. these men. I think a lot of times, I've seen this movie a lot, like multiple times in my lifetime. And sometimes I'll just pop it on at like parties in the background. Like it's one of those movies that everyone has seen. It it has existed and it has its like place in the in the cultural zeitgeist that mm-hmm. is still relevant even today. Yes, people talk about The Hangover in social settings multiple times. There are so many references from The Hangover that people are oh and and keep in mind this is a fucking trilogy mm-hmm. <laughs> like The Hangover trilogy. I don't even remember what happens in the other ones. I don't know. I think they go to like Vietnam. Oh right, it's like Thailand or Vietnam or something, right? Either Thailand, Thailand it's Thailand. I think they yes because I think it's like they go to Bangkok. Yes. Yes. Because what happens in the third one? Um, Is there a third one? They go back to Vegas. They go back to Vegas. Vegas. Is Heather Graham in that? (laughs) I love her in this movie. I love Heather Graham. I mean, for a moment, Heather Graham really could have been much bigger than she is. She really could have, couldn't she have? Yeah, but I don't think anyone took her seriously. I don't think anyone took her seriously either. She's fucking fire in Boogie Nights. Go watch her. She's so good in Boogie Nights. Roller Girl is such a good part. Roller Girl is the part. Yeah. You want to be roller girl. I mean, kind of until the terrible scene. Oh yeah. In the limo. You really don't want to be roller girl. You don't want to be roller girl. (laughs) You want to be the opposite of roller girl in the limo. (laughs) God. But anyway. Uh, Anyway, back to Brad. Bradley does something really magical in this movie, which is like, he gets you on his side very, very quickly. He's like charismatic annoyingly so he's very annoyingly charismatic but not so much so that he's not funny Mm -hmm. right like he's charismatic and hot but somehow also manages to be like genuinely very very funny his comedic timing is fucking impeccable yeah bradley cooper is like a really underrated comedic actor i think underrated and even more so like i think his comedy chops really shine through in this movie obviously because it's 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 a comedy film but I would also argue that his comedy chops really shine in the next movie that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Yes. Um, equally so. Yes. And in a very different and like very more different. chaotic way. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a, like a, I could win an Oscar way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think what this, what the hangover did for Bradley was establish him as like, huh, he can do more than just like stand there and look hot slash be that chaotic yeah comedy guy from wet hot like yeah he can kind of do everything and it's a little bit scary mm-hmm. when you find a unicorn like that yeah no I, t- I totally agree and also when you find someone who can so easily have that like level of chemistry with like two other huge comedic yes brains. the fact that he can even like the fact that he has the chops to like stand next to these honestly comedy giants mm-hmm. is kind of crazy to yeah. me like 
the fact that he and Zach Galifianakis can like do a band. Their chemistry thing. is beautiful. Oh, their chemistry is so gorgeous. Uh, okay, Monica, between the two of us, <sighs> I would. You, okay, who would be Phil and who would be? Alan. Honestly, I feel like we genuinely switch back and forth. Okay. Gun to your head. Who? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is like the great debate of 2021 like, regarding like heat miser myself. and snow miser. Oh, I, I still have feelings about that drama. I still have a lot of feelings. What, what did we land on? I can't remember. We landed on that you were fire and I was snow. Yeah. Or he, you were heat miser and I was, was snow it? miser. Yes. Yeah. Cause I was like, I'm Mr. Snow miser. <laughs> okay who okay but we've gone back and forth which is why this i'm is like true. i'm haunted by our arguments about that <laughs> i can't stop i close my eyes at night and all i can see is us all like, you hear is me singing i'm mr heat miser exactly i can't stop it's like that it's again it's like his character in, in the in the next movie i can't right. stop hearing the song <laughs> Every time you hear the song from the fucking claymation Christmas movie, you just like I just cut like, someone. Lose, I lose my shit. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, I don't know. Gun to my head. Uh, Gun I to my guess, head. I don't know. I guess I'm dead. Yeah, I guess I'm <laughs> I'm deceased because I'm I'm just gonna stand there and be like, ah, ah, ah. okay, fine. I will accept that we go back and forth. I think we go back and forth. Yeah. I think sometimes I'm Phil, sometimes you're Alan. Yeah, I would argue. Um, I would argue more so I'm Alan and more so you're Phil. Yeah. But I think for the most part we switch. I would agree. Quite a bit. Okay. I think it I'm glad we had this talk. I think we're, a, I think it's like power top and bottom. <laughs> bossy bottom. Yeah, bossy bottom. I think we like go back and forth between those. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I hate us. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that would be a great Halloween costume though. Bossy bottom and power top? Yeah. <laughs> But like, but like in reference to the hangover. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, okay. Well, I'm a lone wolf. Oh. And now I am, uh, you know, accompanied by other wolves. I, I now, I now have, I now have a wolf, wolf, wolf pack, pack uh, of other lone wolves that all came together to become one pack. If I do that enough, will Carrie start barking? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Anyway, we want to talk about this movie specifically because this is where Bradley got his like big, big film star. His big break. His big break. Yeah. And you really see a little bit of that, of that glimmer of comedy genius kind of shine Correct. through that ends up following him through like even in fucking licorice pizza. Yeah, his dude. Goddamn, he's hilarious he's in licorice pizza. He's so fucking fun. And like you see little bits of that like assertive comedy. Yeah. I, that's the only like phrase I can use to describe like how he, how he, comedies i really it's didn't like, used to take bradley cooper seriously as like an actor really? and then yeah but then as i got older and i watched his stuff i was like oh he's actually really like really fucking talented he's very talented yeah i don't like and i can again i can only describe his comedies being very assertive yeah just very like so you get the, you get a, you your get the, first you get glimpses the, of that yeah. in the hangover and yeah. he the hangover really relies on Bradley Cooper to be what it is. Oh, it, it does. Yeah. yeah. Without Bradley Cooper, it's just a bunch of like dickheads in Vegas. <laughs> when, you know. It's just keeps, Zach Galifianakis and a baby. He keeps them all in check. He really does. He does. It's I fabulous. Agree okay. Well, I guess that takes us to our second film. Yes. The, I would say, uh, controversial one. 
I would say maybe controversial. I think a lot of people like this movie. I think a lot of people like it. I think I think that there's like a good- I mi- had shifting feelings about this movie. I think a good so. minority doesn't like it. Sure. I think that's what I will say about it. I don't know that I'd call it controversial. Okay, fine. But Whatever. We can rock, paper, scissors about it. Okay. Rock, I win. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so the next movie is Silver Linings Playbook, which came out in 2012, written and directed by David O. Russell, who can never cast anybody except for Jennifer Lawrence in his movies. But <laughs> Based on the novel by Matthew Quick. <laughs> After a stint in a mental institution, former teacher Pat Solitano, played by Bradley Cooper, moves back in with his parents and tries <laughs> to reconcile with his ex-wife. Things get more challenging when Pat meets Tiffany, played by Jennifer Lawrence, a mysterious mysterious girl with the problems of her own this is a very vague <laughs> synopsis it's so vague on purpose though because there's simply too many details to the, the what the fuck is happening in the plot there's too much too much going on in this yeah. movie for it to just like amount to <laughs> what that shit ended up being <laughs> correct correct yeah and I, so I really did not like this movie the first time I watched it when it first came out because, and I, I, you know, I don't like Jennifer Lawrence. It's just how it is. And I was really mad that she won the Oscar. After watching it the second time, I'm still mad that Jennifer Lawrence won an Oscar in this I movie. try to forget that Jennifer Lawrence has won an Oscar yeah, because of that whole, like, she fell over Also, thing. she's 22 in this movie, which is like... I, this is one of those things where I kind of go back and forth between like, yeah, when you're an actor, you should be able to act things that you don't know that aren't your circumstances. But I was like, genuinely, how much can you relate to this at 22 to, of her fucking plight of being married for like several years and then her husband getting slammed into by a car and et cetera, et cetera. Like, I don't know. It's hard because I also don't know how, t- how old Tiffany's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think just older. That's the problem. But yeah. I, my assumption is early 30s. Yes. Because she got married and then her husband only died three years later. Yes. So that's like my assumption. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And yeah, like, I, I know idea. Bradley Cooper is supposed to be like in his late 30s, early 40s kind right. of deal. Because he's been married for a while. He's very established. Mm-hmm. That kind of deal. Once again, playing a high school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> An ex-high school teacher in this case, though. Uh. Yes. Um, I will start off by saying that this is one of my favorite movies of all time, but I also like okay. movies like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. This is true. <laughs> like, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. I will say that, like, watching him in this movie was one of, like, my favorite things that I've seen lately. He he lets go in such a genuine way mm-hmm. in this movie that you don't see him do yeah up until this point yeah like you have not seen him let go in the way that he lets go in this movie yeah and then i think this movie allowed him to do other projects where he got to play characters that were a little bit more challenging than characters he he got to play before that point right and you see his like real genuine dramatic chops shine Mm -hmm. through and it's very rewarding yes like there is this it's not a running gag because it's like i guess it's just like a motif in the film mm-hmm. where he there is this song that plays it's called ma, ma chérie amour <laughs> amour by stevie, by stevie wonder, wonder. <laughs> by you know the big french artist stevie wonder monsieur stevie wonder stevie wonder uh, and it plays every single time ma he ma has like it triggers him essentially it first triggers him in the therapist's yeah. office. Yeah. And okay, I have, this is I have a really big problem with the fucking therapist. Oh my God. I Dr. Was just Patel? Like, I was just watching him the whole time. And I was like, I know that this is fiction, obviously, but like, 
what the, am I supposed to genuinely believe that a therapist is intentionally triggering their bipolar client in public? Yes. (laughs) And then reprimanding him in the session being like, you have to forget about that song. Like that simply wouldn't happen. Yes. (laughs) That's the thing. It's like, uh, it's hard because there's so many things in this film where you're like, a therapist would not do that. Like a therapist Uh, would not push him to go like, I have always questioned why Dr. Bertel pushed Pat to like go and be friends with Tiffany and like pushed him to do the dance. Comp- like he pushed him by manipulating him into thinking that it would get him closer to, yes. to Nikki. When in reality, like no one's end game is for him to get closer yeah, to Nikki. He was just like, oh, well, if you do this, you can, you can get closer to Nikki. It's like, but the whole fucking point is to not. It's not because he has a restraining yeah, order. She has a fucking restrainor, restraining order out against you because you beat the shit out of her boyfriend. Yeah, so Dr. Patel is the only... Well, honestly, I have two problems with this movie. You can probably guess number one. But number two is uh, I have a problem with Dr. Patel's character. Also... And I mean, this. Uh, I sound like an asshole because I'm in grad school for this right now. So I feel like I'm acting what? like I know, I know everything. What? But that's not what I mean. But when he fucking sees him out at the tailgate and then he just like goes home with him and I was like, this is so many violations of confidentiality. So many violations. <laughs> so yeah, uh, obviously my first problem is just Jennifer Lawrence in general. Yes. I think that quite literally Tessa Thompson can replace Jennifer Lawrence in any film and it would be a success. You know, I agree. She would be amazing in this movie. She would Let's be do a remake. incredible. I'm just gonna like superimpose. I mean, we have the technology into, the, into these films. We have the technology. It's like her, her costume from Thor, and she's in like Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, she's like in full body armor, like doing the doing the ballroom dancing. Honestly, it would be better. Uh, it would be so good. Maybe they would have gotten a higher score. The only thing I will say about Jennifer Lawrence in this film is I do I do love the things that are coming out of her mouth. And that's the problem. The script yeah. is so- The script is really the good. The script is incredible. The script is really good. I just don't like her delivery. I don't, I don't love her delivery. She just screams everything. She screams everything. She's like, I'm crazy about yeah. you. I'm so crazy. I hate raisin bran. <laughs> like- it it's very I'm I'm not a huge fan of her, but y'all already know. Yeah, but, I respect her hustle though. But you know, everyone else in this movie is amazing. Incredible. Just a moment oh for Robert De Niro because God. one of the best things he's ever been in. So good in his later life. He was born to play the role of like oh, Pat yeah. Senior, Patrizio. Yeah, his- <laughs> With his OCD and his oh like, oh my god, oh my god, like, I'm not scene. superstitious. You're here. You have to get, turn the juju and around. And then he starts crying, oh. and he's like, "I just want to do this to spend time with my son. Can't you do this one thing for me?" And you're just like, "Oh my, oh my god. god, oh my god, dysfunctional." And he's also hilarious in this movie. He's so funny. Like the scene where Jennifer Lawrence barges in and like calls him out on all of his bullshit. <laughs> Bradley Cooper's like, "Now you like her? Now he's like, I have to say I do." <laughs> I have I do. to say I do. <laughs> so fucking funny in this. Him and Bradley have a chemistry that is undeniable. Yeah. In the scene where they're beating the shit out of each other, because I think Bradley Cooper in the beginning of the movie like rents out all of these books that are like on yes. Nikki's syllabus and he like goes through them. He reads, I believe he reads The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway. Yes. I also had a bitch fit after reading that book. <laughs> it is what it is. It's a it, it, The ending is in fucking insane. Sure. And literally just made the entire book like not worth it (laughs) these are my notes Ernest (laughs) um but I it's really funny because he finishes the book and he's like what the fuck 
mm-hmm. and he trashes the room. Mm-hmm. He throws the book out the window, mm-hmm. breaks the window, barges into his parents' room to like argue with them about this fucking book. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, you know what? Like, like I'm not going to apologize for this. And he's like, well, you find Ernest Hemingway and have him come and apologize to us. <laughs> and it's that to me was like, it gave me a real glimpse at Robert De Niro's character in this yes. film because I think he tries his best to keep his son at bay mm-hmm. for his wife. Yeah. But also like he feeds into his son's bullshit in a way that only a father can. Well, also a father uh, with the same flaws. Yeah. Can. They're also very clearly making the connection of like, yeah, his own like mental illness has affected his sons. I mean, let's remember that the reason why he's sitting at home watching the birds play is because he got kicked out of the Eagle Stadium. Yeah. And like was fucking banned. Exactly. (laughs) He was banned from all like live Eagles games. Exactly. So he sits on his couch and he turns his remotes and he holds it and rubs his handkerchief Mm -hmm. and he watches from his chair because he he also has the same the same issues that Pat does. Mm -hmm. It's just probably completely undiagnosed. And he never, he never went to the extent that Pat did and Mm -hmm. got himself like locked up for it essentially. But they're, they are reflections of each other. Oh yeah. And they feed into each other's bullshit in a way that only two people in that space can. Yes. It is mind boggling to watch. You're sitting there as a viewer and you're like, oh my God, like I, I see this happening and I see this cycle and it's never breaking. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how Pat is actually going to ever get any better when this is how, this is who his dad is. When yeah. his dad is literally him in 20 years, like yes. that's, that's hard to watch. It's, it's really, really hard, hard to watch. watch. <laughs> so back to Bradley. <laughs> sorry guys, just got to sneeze and then ruined everything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to sneeze. Um, okay. So Bradley Cooper's acting in this movie, incredibly special primarily because of the delivery, I would say, of his lines, which, I mean, maybe that seems like a given, but it's special in this movie. (laughs) Like the way that he talks, everything is so matter of fact, because I think probably one of the therapies that he was doing while he was in this like mental institution had a lot to do with like clear communication. Yeah. Because unclear communication is very triggering for him. Yeah. Yeah. And that has resulted in someone who says, who has no filter and says everything he thinks. And it's so fucking funny, but also like kind of admirable. And it's especially funny when he starts talking to Jennifer Lawrence, like when they first meet at that dinner party and she's like talking crazy shit. And he's just he's just like, you have poor social skills. You have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> In a lot of ways, it's a defense mechanism for him so that he doesn't, he doesn't like keep all the thoughts in his brain and then cause more stress because a lot yeah. of a lot of bipolar episodes happen by because of stress right. because of very very stressful situations that the person cannot handle yeah and so it it drives them into mania and then afterwards it usually drives them into into a depressive episode especially if he if he had to be hospitalized for whatever his last like enraged yeah stage was (laughs) so a big a big thing that i noticed in this film is you're right like he does say everything very matter-of-factly and i think a lot of it is just like so he can get the thought out of his brain instead of keeping it in there and i think that's a really good approach for him and he also like looks coked out all the time (laughs) yes he looks crazy and it's so funny and he talks like a little bit faster than is what than like what's comfortable and what's normal yes (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, especially when he's talking to his parents and to mm-hmm. Tiffany about his, this idea of Excelsior and this <laughs> idea of like being positive and like only allowing positivity into yeah. your life and like everything, ev- you know, there's a silver lining in everything, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, honey, like we get it, girl, <laughs> get your own. But like yeah. also- He almost has the energy of like a five-year-old who hasn't yet like experienced negativity in the world. It's true. And he's just like, well, everything's gonna be okay, right? Cause it has to be. Cause like, cause like we're, we're meant to be together and like, that's, you know, that's love. That's how love works, right? If, and, if I, and if I lose weight, like obviously, right, right? I have to do this so I can get back to Nikki. I'm gonna read all of Nikki's books so that she knows that I'm serious about this. And it's like, okay, these, this is the story that you're telling yourself in order for an outcome to happen that you know, uh-huh. or the people around you at least know is not going to ever happen. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard because, and you're watching him and Tiffany interact with each other and they have, they share kinship because they both are dealing with severe mental illness. Yeah. Tiffany de- deals with like an anxiety disorder and also depression Yeah, and quite frankly, anger issues. <laughs> I think um, I think I read in the trivia that like they had like a psychiatrist or something watch the movie and like try and diagnose her based off the movie and they're like she comes closest to like borderline personality disorder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and obviously Pat very clearly has bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. bipolar 1 and so it's it's very they share that kinship of like, well, our brains are kind of broken and we are with each other and like being together in community feels makes it feel better, so we're going to yeah. stick with each other. Yeah. Even though Pat is completely resistant to the idea of hanging out with Tiffany in any way because it makes it seem like he wants to like do her. Yeah, exactly. And he, guys, I don't know if you remember, but he he's trying to he's get trying with to get Nikki. His ex-wife Nikki back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. They're gonna be together. They're in love. And they're they're in love to be together. And they're gonna be together and it's fine. But I think I think what separates Bradley's acting from Jennifer Lawrence's acting, and I'm not just saying this because I don't like her. I think it's genuinely true, is that I think he brings like an honesty and like a real clear emotional range that and like also he brings a lot of delusional elements to it like yes. like his shit about his wife that's all very funny whereas i feel like jennifer lawrence is like it's not that she's not honest it's just kind of like one note and the range feels very small and like there's not room for growth whereas bradley cooper you're like i can i can see how you could like improve yes or like I see silver linings in the way that you're acting. Yes. You know? And you also see who Bradley's character was before this incident. Like you see the pieces of him that existed before he became this like positive person. Yeah. Before he became like the person that like actually tried to Mm -hmm. to make his, like to turn his life around. And you can't really see that with Tiffany's character because all you know is she's like this, (laughs) this outwardly like, I don't, I hesitate to call her crazy because she's not crazy, but like this outwardly aggressive person yeah. that like deals with and, and copes with horrible situations in very problematic ways mm-hmm. and continues that behavior despite the fact that she knows that it's wrong mm-hmm. and she's just rude <laughs> and she's just like mean. <laughs> yeah, I think she presents it, which is, I mean, this is a, it's not her fault. This is a common trope, I think, in movies about mental illness of like, I'm crazy and I fuck everyone. So like, you should be turned on by how crazy I am. Yeah, which, Whereas he's like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of crazy and like, that's, it's bad. But like, I just want to be with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> and for him, he, I think like it takes him a while to acknowledge how much damage he's actually yeah. done. 
Whereas for her, she claims to have forgiven herself very early on in the movie. There's this monologue that she has where she's like, I like the all the messy parts about myself. Like, can you say the same thing? Right. Can you forgive? And he obviously can't because he's in, in the middle of that process. Yes. And I find I that I find that monologue very hard to believe because yes. she actually I don't I, and I, I don't think we're supposed to think that she actually does forgive no. herself. And so a lot of what her character, like a lot of what comes out of her character's mouth is, is, is a little bit like, not, not annoying to me, but like frustrating to me because I'm like, well, your character can't forgive. And you're also leading on this man and making him and feeding into his delusions Yeah, about Nikki, writing him, like writing him a letter as Nikki, pretending that like Nikki will be somewhere. Like yeah. it's, it's not right. It's really not right. Well, I, I also think that like this kind of just speaks to the honesty thing again. Like everything Bradley Cooper says, no matter how wild it is, you're like, uh, you're a reliable narrator. I believe yeah. you because you're so blatantly honest with yourself. Like he's honest about when he's like off the fucking rails yeah. or when he's about to punch someone in the face. Yeah. Whereas Jennifer Lawrence is like very clearly unreliable. And I don't, I don't think there's any point in the movie where you can really like trust what her character is saying, which is why at the end, when it becomes a love story, I'm like I this is this is where I tap out because yeah. I do not buy them as a couple and like them falling in love it was never about that and then all of a sudden it is it, it's weird for me the movie and I wish the movie focused more on this but for me the movie is more about Pat's relationship with his own dad yes and like that to me is the more interesting story that and just like getting away from the ex-wife yes. narrative that that is like that is so much bigger to me and yeah. i know that there is so much comedic payoff in having the game be at the same time as the as the ballroom dance and like yeah i understand like the visual gag of the trash bag <laughs> which i am a huge fan yes. of that visual gag. Why are you wearing a trash bag? Why, wearing, so why, is, he, why is he wearing a trash bag? Why are you wearing a trash bag? Because <laughs> cause sweat. I sweat. Helps me sweat. Helps me sweat. <laughs> and then he just wears it for like the rest of, of the, the movie. movie. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And I understand. Like the, I understand all of these like moving parts of the film. I just wish that it focused more on these moving parts than it I did on, on this, what ended up becoming this love story because I almost feel like it would have been slightly more rewarding had it just been about a man trying to fix his fucking life yeah. than latch himself onto it. Yet another woman who is not 100% honest with him and not 100% honest with herself. Mm -hmm. And they really don't have that much in common. Like I don't find it romantic or enchanting to watch two people with like unresolved mental illness feeding each other's delusions and yes. then falling in quotes, in love. Not, a, I'm not super about that. No, I will say I do, I do love that they portrayed Pat's character as bipolar quite accurately. Yes. I haven't really heard, I haven't heard very much about this role like being an inaccurate representation of oh, bipolar totally. one because it actually really is, and he he can function in in society, yeah. right? He's not like your typical, you know, stereotypical like movie bipolar mm -hmm. where everything he says is like fucking insane and he's always like burning shit and he's mm -hmm. like, that doesn't happen. His anxiety and his triggers are always 
are always by like stress yeah by severe and deep stress mm-hmm. and you can tell throughout the whole film you there's can. a lot of stress in this man's life there really is. as well as pat seniors oh god mostly related to the birds to the birds also jackie weaver is his mom incredible oh, she's so good she makes these crabby snacks <laughs> crabby snacks and homemades <laughs> She's so good. I love her. I'm really curious like what this book reads like. I am I have been wanting to read this book, but I cannot bring myself to read it because I'm like if it's if it's too if it because it it there's so many there are enough differences in the book where I'm kind of uh-huh. just like I don't know that it's even the same story and I don't know if I'll like it enough. I mean, you might like the story more. Maybe. Maybe it focuses more on like it, Pat and his my family. My guess based off of what Hollywood loves to do Hollywood. is that they took down the other emotional shit and raised the romance in the I, movie. I feel that. That's I feel what that. my guess is, but I feel yeah. that. But Bradley brings this like chaotic good to Pat that makes you want to root for him despite the fact that he's a shitty fucking person. Yeah. And despite Cuz he really is trying to be a better person. He really is. And in, he acknowledges that he has done some shit. Yeah. Like he's like, "Okay, like He's like, "Yeah, I should stop jogging past my ex-wife's school." <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't assault that teacher in the parking lot and demand information. Maybe, Maybe that was bad. bad. Or like, man, I, I accidentally hit my mom and I hate myself for that. Like he he acknowledges that like there's shit that, you know, he shouldn't have done. Yes. Yet he continues to do it. But there's like a, there's a freshness and an honesty that Bradley Cooper brings that I think then continues on in his later work yes. that I, I really love and appreciate. I agree. Go Brad. Go Brad. Brad is dad. Brad, dad. Brad is dad. Braddy, daddy. Daddy, Brady. <laughs> okay. Monica, what is the final film? I will tell you. This movie is Nightmare Alley. It came out in 2021, written by Kim Morgan and Guillermo del Toro, directed by Guillermo, based on the novel by William Lindsay Gresham. One of the three amigos, not William. Guillermo. <laughs> in 1940s New York, down on his luck, Stanton Carlisle, played by Bradley Cooper, endears himself to a clairvoyant, played by Tony Collette, and her mentalist husband, played by David Strathern, at a traveling carnival. Using newly acquired knowledge, Carlisle crafts a golden ticket to success by swindling the elite and the wealthy. Hoping for a big score, he soon hatches a scheme to con a dangerous tycoon with help from a mysterious psychiatrist, played by Kate Blanchett, who might be his most formidable opponent yet. Yes. Mother of Pearl. What a plot. This movie be crazy. This movie also has Richard Jenkins in it. It has Willem Dafoe. Ron Perlman plays the strong Ron man. Perlman. It has Rooney Mara. I love Ron Perlman. He's got the longest face in the entire world. He doesn't have a long face. It's long as fuck. What are you talking about? <laughs> In defense of Ron Perlman's face. (laughs) I wish they'd make another Hellboy. Do you? I do. Okay. But like. How many have they made? One? No, they made two. I don't know anything about Hellboy. Well, well, the boy from hell. You're not a fan. It's okay. I mean, it's okay. Fair. We'll make you a fan. Okay. 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 They're great movies. (laughs) I believe you. (laughs) Okay, this movie though, Nightmare Alley. 
Nightmare Alley. It's Carney Folk. I hate Carney Folk. It's also a remake. It's a remake of a 1940s movie that was based on a novel. Yeah, so. called like 1940-something. No, it's called whatever. Nightmare Alley. Whatever. Uh. It came out in 1940-something. <laughs> it's Nightmare Alley, blah, blah, mm. blah. The, I hate Carney Folk. And this movie's all about Carney See, Folk. See, they freak me out, especially from like this time period. But- this movie, I mean, used it to its advantage. It made it very, like, eerie. And, uh. It's very scary. A lot of, like, you know, Willem Dafoe's character keeps all of these, like, specimens in jars. Yeah. And that really fucking freaks me the out. Babies, scary. It's, like, unborn babies, uh, uh, piglets. What is the baby, feet? like, ultimately supposed to symbolize or, like, be? I don't Did we ever know. figure that out? Because I, I feel like they point to it so many times being like it should symbolize something yeah. in a jar. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Maybe it was that kid who who was in the mother's belly who miscarried. Who miscarried? The the woman, the wife of the of Richard Jenkins. Oh, well. Who he literally forced to miscarry. Yeah, this is true. Maybe. Richard Jenkins plays a despicable man despicable in this Despicable man. Like hor- a horrific bro. Yeah. Like he has done horrible things to women. Richard Jenkins, surprising muse for Guillermo del Toro. But Random. love their partnership. So good. I loved his character in The Shape of Water. The Shape of the Water. The Water with Sally What's-Her-Face and the <laughs> Big Doug Man. <laughs> Doug Jones, my therapist's friend. I've met him. So nice. I know, I he towers him. over me. I met him at the Hollywood Arclight on the night of the premiere of The Shape of Order. It was <laughs> 1942. And there we were, standing outside of the Cinerama Dome, waiting <laughs> for the order to fall. And there he was, Mr. Doug, towering high in the sky to say, Hello! I'm here. I, my name is Doug. And we took a photograph and then walked away. <laughs> Bravo. Thank Why you. wasn't Doug Jones in this movie? That's my real question. I don't know. He could have played was anyone. He? I feel like he might have been in the background and we had no idea. Maybe. Or maybe he was busy like shooting something else. This movie has a crazy production timeline. Wild. Because like they shot it before the pandemic, stopped it a week before the pandemic got, like, got crazy. Yeah waited like two years or something re like finish shooting it yeah and then release the movie crazy and then release it again in black and white which i hate it i hate it and i this is probably one of the only like film broy things i will say yeah but i fucking hate it when people release a movie in black and white and they color it in post and they don't shoot it or light it in black and white i hate that it looks trashy <laughs> Did you see this one in black and white? No, but I just hate it when they do that in general. Yeah. I don't like it. (laughs) It looks bad. Black and white is very powerful when it's shot to be black and white. Exactly. So why just put a fucking, this isn't an Instagram photo. Don't put a filter on it. Put that Tokyo filter on it. Oh my God. (laughs) Anyway, that's like the only thing I will say. I just don't like the way that movies look when Mm. they're just colored black and white in post. I don't like it. I don't like it. Guillermo, you're listening. Guillermo, change your ways. (laughs) Change. Change. For us, Guillermo. For me. Uh, But anyway, but all this to say, yes, they re-release it in black and white. Yes. Um, I don't, I think it's like, it's, they even changed, they gave it like a subtitle, like a movie in black and white (laughs) or like a a song of darkness and also light or like (laughs) a song of light and darkness. Maybe it's time to let you always (laughs) die. 
all of Bradley Cooper reprises his role as Rocket the Raccoon <laughs> from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> the crime fighting raccoon. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I would have believed if Bradley Cooper showed up as a raccoon. Because carny folk are weird. There are some weird folk. Oh my god! There's a contortionist. There's a raccoon. <laughs> we got the guy from Kermit the Frog. It's crazy over here. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay. Nightmare Hallie. Nightmare Hallie. Um, I have to say, the when I watched the first like half of this movie, I was very high, so my notes are a little crazy. Oh God! But. I put in all caps, Bradley, why did you kill that man? But that is misspelled to vag. <laughs> why did you kill vag man? <laughs> it's funny because the entire time Bradley's character is like running for something. Okay, I have to stop and say this one say thing, it, which is it, really funny it. because this is obviously Bradley's episode. Uh-huh. But I genuinely think that Ryan Gosling could have played Bradley Cooper's character. <laughs> That is exactly what he said. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh my god! I'm okay, so I was I was watching this movie with Aaron for like the second time because yeah. we watched it. We wanted to watch it together. I was sitting there in my bed, and we had like the whole first like first part of the movie passed, and he's supposed to be this like silent brooding man, yeah, like down on his luck, blah blah blah, and Stan Carlyle. and I'm sitting there like. Yo, this this could have been Ryan Gosling, and he would have done a great job. I think have he would have seen- done a great job, but I don't know if the crazy towards the end would have been as impactful with Ryan. I mean, it would have been great because, like, have we've seen the place beyond the pines? Yeah, he would have brought like that energy to the movie. He would. I think it would have made it more depressing, whereas Bradley made it more like kind of crazy eyes. That's true. That which payoff, I like. That payoff at the end, though, Girl. when he's like when he literally was like, I was born for this. Oh, it was fucking wild. Oh, oh, oh. And he's just laughing maniacally. He's just maniacally laughing. Watch this movie before we spoil any more of it for you. I will say, if you want to watch some of the best, like facial acting (laughs) of all time, watch the last 30 seconds of this movie (laughs) and only the last 30 (laughs) seconds because Bradley goes through an entire lifetime on his fucking face (laughs) and it is impossible to achieve that without this, without the paprika seasonings that he added (laughs) that he's collected over the years. (laughs) It's quite, it it was very entertaining, but yeah, I firmly, I I stand on my soapbox that I genuinely think that Ryan Gosling would have done a brilliant job in this movie. He probably auditioned for it. And he also played like the silent like the silent guy mm-hmm. really well yes and he would have been perfect in that role yeah so what i did like though was getting to see bradley cooper be the silent guy it was nice although i prefer bradley when he's talking <laughs> <laughs> see I, I i really liked that you saw a new side of him in this like you so rarely get to see parts of bradley where he's like super mysterious and like you can't read me you can't read any of my emotions what are my intentions who right. am i i i love bradley and obviously we've spent this entire episode t- singing his praises <laughs> uh-huh. i i sometimes don't buy the i'm quiet and i'm mysterious okay. from bradley see i buy it i find it really difficult which is what made me be- what led me to think that ryan gosling would have been good in that, si- in that <clears throat> beginning silent role okay right because like this movie has a lot of tone shifts kind yeah. of in the beginning. It's like mysterious, mysterious men, carny folk. Mm. 
and then he lit a body on fire. Yeah, Who is it? Ryan Gosling would have been the star of that part True. of the movie. You're right. The middle part of the movie is like world building within this like this like il- wealthy elite psych like psychic mm-hmm. mentalist thing. Yeah, where we're introduced to Kate Blanchett and she's like this. Honestly, there's no other word but like this sexy like sexy psychiatry psychiatrist <laughs> and i understand that like i'm not out here trying to objectify this woman if you want to hear us objectifying kate blanchett listen to the episode. listen to the kate blanchett episode she's that one woman's of the, like a fucking marble statue i know we're not supposed to call women a 10 but she's a fucking she's a 10, 10. <laughs> she's a fucking 10 she really is a thought that hoe over there yes yes she's so good she exudes this like power over men like i would not believe i i would 100 believe that she eats men for breakfast no, i would be powerless that she has Kate like Blanchett. it's yeah. like mm, uh, cookie crunch mm, honey nut cheerios mm, men yummy like that's <laughs> yum 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 mm, crunchy crunchy like that's <laughs> that's what i believe yeah um and she's so fucking good in this movie watching her and bradley cooper make out is something else it's wild there's something about watching two very attractive hollywood people yeah make out it's too much especially when they're like a little older they're not old by any no, circumstances but they're like experienced they're like late 40s oh yeah they and live. which i feel like you don't get to see a lot they have great yeah they know usually you just see bradley cooper making out with the fucking like a hot rooney mars you know, of the world yeah, yeah. but yeah. not anymore not anymore <laughs> he makes out with tony collette and Kate Blanchett. And Rooney Mara, all three of them. Yes. He's getting it. Tony Collette he, in this movie, sex oh, goddess. She's so good. She, again, like, I love that these women are so, like, powerful and sultry and, like, they don't take any fucking shit from Bradley's character. Well, you can't if you're in a fucking carnival. Exactly. <laughs> Another reason why carny folk confuse me. Damn truth. <laughs> but Bradley Cooper brings this, like, really powerful energy to this movie. Mm-hmm. And he is, like, a fucking star against again again we we have to give him the credit of like he's a he's up against all these fucking heavy hitters in this yes. movie and you still walk away being like bradley cooper was phenomenal which is crazy to think about because he's in a fuck ton of scenes with fucking Kate blanchett richard fucking jenkins <laughs> well okay see but see this is the thing when i say that i think people underestimate bradley cooper because i think to this day even though what it's been 15 years since the hangover came out yeah they're still looking at bradley cooper and his hot face and going like hey well it's, it's just a bradley cooper movie yeah. whatever when in actuality like the man has been nominated many times he's a filmmaker himself like he is known for being incredibly talented. Yeah. And, and, yet, and passionate and passionate. Yes, yeah. he's super passionate. And yet when he's in movies like this, people are like, and Bradley Cooper, you know, he really surprised me. And I'm like, he, I think he's only surprising people because no one's taking him seriously. You know what? You're so true. You're so right. You know? You have true facts. But he surprised me too because I have the same thing about him. I like forget that he's really good. You know what? I forget that he went to the fucking actor's studio. Like that's not easy. He he reminds me a lot of like Brad Pitt and people's feelings about Brad Pitt. That's true. You know, because we said the same thing about Brad Pitt in our Brad Pitt episode. Mm -hmm. We were like, he's so gorgeous. How could he possibly be a good actor? Yes. (laughs) Like, and people underestimate him in that Uh way. And then you watch a movie like Seven and you watch him go, what's in the box? What's in the box? And you're like, I'm in the box. (laughs) It's me. It's me. I'm rooting for you. (laughs) 
I'm I'm a big fan of Bradley Cooper. I'm I'm a very big fan. And I also love this movie feels very theatrical to me. Yes. Like it feels like a Tennessee Williams play. I was about to say this movie has a lot of theatricality. Yeah, it it's genuinely gorgeous. feels like a fucking Tennessee Williams play because it gets in, it's like fantastical, but also realistic, but then also gets kind of mad in the end. It's crazy because it doesn't feel like a Guillermo movie. No. It, it's, it doesn't have that like additional element that makes it his movies. I'm very proud of him for venturing into like, this pure it's a it's a to yeah. me it's a true period drama like yes it's, it has no, like despite feeling fantastical it has no magical realism in it because everything no. is smoke and mirrors yes so like there genuinely is no fantasy in this movie there's which nothing is crazy it's it's absolutely insane everything that they're doing is very practical yeah like the mentalism is there's no fantasy in that um every like it's crazy it's kind of like i mean the end becomes a fucking agatha christie novel yeah <laughs> This is true. Um, this is what I mean by like the movie is like three movies in one movie. There are like so many tone shifts mm -hmm. where it's like the mysterious man. And then it's like the man in the wealthy, you know, in, in, in like running this hus this hustling game. Yes. And then in the end, it turns into like a true like neo-noir film. Yeah. Like this is a mystery. Uh, what? It's also been Kate Blanchett the whole time. The acting is very like old Hollywood melodrama, yes. which I love. I'm uh, like, I'm really happy that these actors didn't read the script and go like, oh, where's the truth in these roles? They know they were where's like- my real human emotion? <laughs> let me roles. play this. Yeah, they're like, let me put on the voice and present this story to you because I think this movie like deserved that. It's so good. It's so, so good. good. I, you know what? One of my one of my regrets is not being able to go see this in the movie theater. Yeah, I think this would have been quite the experience in the in it the It would have been dope, you know. And yeah. I know that like, I know there's a massive sort of like shift in the way that we watch movies, and I totally get that. I, being an introvert, I'm really happy watching a movie at home. Right, genuinely. Also, like my snacks are here. I can take off my shoes. Your dog. My dogs. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> you're like I like getting away from her. I like getting away from her. Uh, but. It's interesting because we're seeing like movies in theaters for less and less time. Mm -hmm. So you can't catch the movie like yeah. like three weeks after it comes out. It's fucking gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there aren't they aren't playing them as many times. Like I I get that people love their Marvel movies. I understand. But every movie theater keeps playing them all the time. And so there's no room for like other yeah. movies. And so they leave really early. Yeah. I remember when you could like catch a movie three months later and it was still there. <laughs> I just, I think a lot of people don't realize that so much of film, and this is very like film bro soapboxy, but whatever, like so much of what makes like good films good is because they were shot knowing like with the screening in mind. Yeah. With I, like, you're in a dark, yes. you're in pitch black, you're in darkness you are with other people so you could feel like the vibes. Like, mm -hmm. oh, what are people thinking about this? Like, how's it going? Everything Nicole Kidman says in her AMC thing. Correct. True. Let's go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the movies. It's magical. <laughs> At the IMC. The IMC theater. The theater where movies are magic. <laughs> Uh, it's so true though it's so true it's i would true. definitely want to see this in, in on the big screen yeah but you can't anymore it's I like know. gone i know it's been replaced with the black and white one we'll be able to see a screening of it at some point at in the some theater point, for yeah. sure i i hope that more and more people put like home like put home theaters in their homes 
Yeah. Uh, I think that'd be cool. I'm I don't know. put that on the list for my future home. Yeah. You know, the future home that no one will ever be able to afford because all well, the houses Well, if in we pool our crazy. money and buy That's a true. big house where we split it in half. We could buy a McMansion. <laughs> you know where- You guys we, down? You know where I could buy, buy property right now? Where? Austin, Texas. Well, probably not. Things are getting expensive. You could probably go to fucking Minnesota. That's true. Sure. Wyoming? <laughs> Oh no, people are also moving there because of Kanye. Oh God, yay. Yay. Uncut Uncut Jams. Oh God. Adam Sandler deserves better. Genuinely. He's probably looking at her just like, what the fuck are you doing? You're ruining people's perception of the movie. Yeah, (laughs) which was already not celebrated enough. Oh. Don't get me started. I I hope this whole thing with Julia Fox creates like another frenzy of like let's all watch uncut gems yeah and let's, really can do. we give it an oscar after the fact like a post a posthumous oscar posthumous posthumous oscar posthumous oscar uh for like because you know the movie is dead now because yeah. it's no longer in theaters and it's many years it's been old several years yeah but let's give it an Oscar anyway. I think we should. It re- that was really the biggest slide it of like the really, last five years. I think it made my hair fall out. Yeah. If a movie can make a hair, some hairs fall out, some hair follicles, then some hair follicles you know, from your head. What are you gonna do about it? Uncut jams. <laughs> Uncut jams. Uncut jams. <sighs> well, twas nightmare alley. Twas nightmare. Twas Bradley. Yay! Yay! Monica. Bonjour. What have you dabbled in? I have dabbled in many, many things. Please tell me. Um, but I will share. What is the big one? The scam. <gasps> oh my god! Tell us everything. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm a very paranoid person when it comes to my finances. Yes, I very. I'm the kind of person that like checks my credit score every single day just oh to god. make sure. We live in a very. We live in tumultuous times. <laughs> yeah, and so. Uh, it was very interesting because the other day, like about a week ago, like on Monday, mm-hmm. I like checked my credit card statement and I noticed like all of these charges for like a gun store in Kentucky the fuck? and like ammunition in Kentucky and like uh, people like tried to buy like thousands of dollars, not tried, they, su- they succeeded oh my uh, God. to buy thousands of dollars worth of guns, like like almost $3,000 worth of like guns and uh-huh. ammunition on my credit card. <laughs> oh my God. And so I called my bank and I was like, what the fuck? And Aaron was like calling the fraud department and he was like, what the fuck's going on? And they were like, wow, yeah, um, this looks like fraud. We'll help you take care of this. But yeah, I thought it was, I'm like, and now I'm, I think to myself, like, where did I, where did I leave my credit card slash where did they get my credit card information? It must've just been a hack it online. It must've just been a hack online. But then I'm like, where did they hack? I mean, it I, been remember anywhere. I told you that email that I got a few weeks ago about my email being hacked or whatever? Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. And they emailed me and they were just like, we have your passwords. And I was like, well, you certainly do because you just emailed them to me. Okay, but- is it just me or- is like this is like the online scams and stuff like just getting more and more. Yes, cybersecurity is a very r- real thing yes. at the moment. And so now I have on my list to like change all my passwords mm-hmm. and like delete old accounts for things that I don't use anymore. Yeah, yeah. I have to do the same thing. That sucks. <sighs> Did they give you your money back, or are they going to? Uh, I mean, it takes like nine. It takes. 
first takes of all, a while of, of beef with banks because it takes 90 days to resolve the problem yeah so you don't actually know what i did was i like froze my credit cards uh-huh. well those credit cards that they like use and they like sent me new ones so i have new ones but um it's gonna take like a really long time for them to figure out whether or not it was fraud even though it was it was yeah so I, I don't live in Kentucky. No. I'm not trying to, I'm not out here trying to buy guns. You also ain't a gunslinger. I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. <laughs> so that, no. this is just serves as a good reminder. Everyone. I'm so sorry. Check your, check your credit cards. Dude, I was doing that yesterday. Check everything. Even the confusing part though, is that when you sign up for those like credit monitoring services, mm-hmm. they send you alerts constantly and the alerts are constantly just like, Experian credit report. Someone checked your credit. Did you authorize this? And I was like, it looks like someone's checking my credit like all the time. Once a fucking week. Yeah. I don't know who it is. I'm not gonna report it no. every time. I also have like identity theft insurance. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just sitting here like, we need to figure this shit out. Either like either one of them governments. War out on cybercrime. Honestly. <laughs> I mean warranted. <laughs> we need to figure this shit out. <laughs> don't know what the fuck is going on but yeah oh god i'm so sorry Uh, anyway what have you dabbled in well i got back from new york which was exciting um yes i went to fashion week and then i came back um but the best part of being there was i got to see company on broadway (gasps) you did didn't you i did did. and it was amazing i cried during the opening number Uh, i still have a lot of feelings and i still prefer the original but I did really like this. Sorry, Aaron's shocked. Wow, do tell. <laughs> okay, for those of you who don't know and don't care about musical theater, uh, <laughs> the original company is like the the lead is a guy and obviously the songs were written for a man. Which Bobby. I am totally fine with gender bending things, um, but I think like the story is more like surprising and impactful in regards to a man because of like stereotypes, because I think it is more surprising to see a man like of his age and his stature with friends around him like that, who like he used to be a womanizer, et cetera. And now he's realizing like no fucking human connection. That's what's important to me. Like that feels more touching to me than a woman realizing she needs human connection because I feel like that's not, an uncommon realization. <laughs> um, but I like, I really liked it. I thought she was incredible. And I think it's still a unique story because I think it kind of makes the story more about like pressures upon women and how women are expected to like get married and have children and want all of these things. But the point of the show is that like, yeah, you should want these things. Like that's, that's the message of company, whether you agree with that message or not, you know? Yeah. I guess for me watching that version of company was the only time that I like even remotely liked company. And I still Mm. don't like company. Like even after watching it's my favorite show, I don't like it. I think that it has very antiquated views about like I agree. I just still think it's, I think it's a beautiful show. Like the story it tells, whether you agree with the story or not, I think is beautiful. I think that I 
disagree with the story itself like being mm-hmm. beautiful because i think the story itself is what irks me i sure. think the songs are beautiful yeah the songs are really pretty i think the songs are really pretty and and like in a vacuum the songs work like yeah. the songs don't need to exist with the show for the sh- for like the songs to be good right they tell the, i like the songs a lot because they tell the story within the song mm-hmm. like even you know the song being alive which is like the most fucking famous song from that goddamn musical which i hear all the fucking time (laughs) and i'm very salty about it um that song is is a whole fucking three-act structure in itself it starts off like i don't want this (laughs) and then it's like maybe i do and then it's like i do want it (laughs) (laughs) so there you go (laughs) beginning middle end yeah and i thought the production value of the show incredible so good i'm not i mean I, this is gonna get me like crucified in the musical theater community, oh, but I'm no. not a Patti LuPone fan. <gasps> I'm also not a Patti LuPone fan. Was, I especially wasn't after seeing her in this because I'm just like, I, it really felt like she was phoning it in and was like, of course I'm Joanne. But I'm like, not of course, like that role requires something. It was funny because I, I very unpopular, but I celebrate whenever I get an understudy. Uh-huh. I know that people get upset about it because they're like, I paid money to go see this famous person in this role yeah. and meanwhile i'm sitting here like oh my god understudy fuck yeah especially in broadway they, like the understudy is the person who should have gotten it they, <laughs> they work their fucking asses yeah, off they and really they do. literally like leave it all on the stage mm-hmm. floor because they're like we're never we never know when we're gonna get this opportunity again we don't know when patty lafone's gonna get sick again like we're gonna yeah. we're gonna fucking give it our all um the because when we went to go see company Joanne's character was an understudy and she did she crush she she killed she murdered she Patty fucked. really Patty really phoned it in like mm-hmm. and, and with all I can imagine that. and like I have nothing against aging people doing what they love but she is aging and she has to do choreography and like simply couldn't and that was like difficult to watch it's funny because like the Joanne that we saw uh-huh. again she fucked like Ugh. she that her high kicks were like I'm like, yeah, Patty could not dance. She was like, even with just the hand choreography, it was like barely there. She was was sultry and, and like honest and enraged in a way only that character can be. Yeah. She was so good. Like genuinely. And I fucking hate this show. I hate that character. (laughs) I hate everything about this goddamn show. I was delighted. It's my favorite fucking show. The thing that I didn't like is I liked a lot of the production value in this. I thought it was really cool. And obviously it's Broadway. It's incredible. But they turned certain aspects of it, like the transitions into almost like magical realism where Bobby is like having a scary nightmare about turning 35, which I think is a fun take. It is. I just prefer when we treat it like all of these things are actually happening. Um, That is my preference for this show. I just liked the set design. I thought it was so oh, interesting. super cool. And I love how all the 35s were hidden everywhere. The 35s were amazing. Cool. And it made me feel like, like oh my god the 35s are fucking closing in and i I love that it was perfect i also loved like the use of neon i think Mm -hmm. it's so fun and funky and like very very millennial which i really appreciate because like she's turning 35 like of course um and the other thing is like i loved all of like down the rabbit hole come up somewhere else yeah i thought it was was really cool cool, and i like it i liked it a lot but when i have to decide like what my favorite production company is it's i still prefer the more real realistic take i guess on it yeah Um, but yeah it was beautiful 
And what was funny is that this was only my second time ever going to New York. And the first time was literally half a lifetime ago when I was 13. Oh, when I saw depressing. Shrek the musical during its first Broadway run. Mm -hmm. And the guy who played Lord Farquaad was Christopher Sieber, who was also in this production of Company. Oh my and God. I was like, this is truly full circle and very funny. It is full circle. <laughs> God, I love New York. It was great. 10 out of 10. It snowed when I left and then it was beautiful. <sighs> And then you didn't, you weren't there for when all the snow turned into disgusting black sludge. No. Well, so I saw a little bit of that leftover when I flew in, mm -hmm. but then it was like their warm period. It got to be like 60 degrees um, for a couple of days. And then the day I left it, I opened my windows that morning and it was just fucking snow. Yeah. And then you left before it turned into disgusting diarrhea snow. Yeah. No, it was just beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. <sighs> I love New York. Yeah, that was great. So that's what I dabbled in. Okay. Well. Hot. On that note, don't sue us, Daddy Favreau. Favreau. <laughs> Goodbye, Mom. Goodbye, Jessica. Bye.